Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us. We're joined today by Dr. Natalie Lumen, a fellowship trained breast surgeon with Aurora Bay Care General and Vascular Surgery. We're here today to discuss options patients have after a breast cancer diagnosis and what impact the comprehensive breast cancer care available with Dr. Lumen and her colleagues has on patient care and their experience. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Lumen. Thanks for having me. Dr. Lumen, I want to start just by talking a little bit about you, telling everyone a little bit about your background and your experience and what makes you sort of uniquely qualified to have this discussion today. Absolutely. Um, so I'm originally from Marquette, Michigan in the Upper Peninsula. I uh, did undergrad at Cornell in New York State, and then I did a lot of my medical training um, in Detroit and outside the Detroit area. So med school at Wayne State in Detroit for four years. And then after that, I trained for general surgery residency for six years um, at Beaumont and Royal Oak. Um, after that point, I, um, you know, during my general surgery training, I realized that I wanted to do specifically breast surgery only. And so went on to do a breast surgery fellowship at Northwestern in Chicago. So now I've kind of come full circle back up to Northern Wisconsin and sort of closer to home. Yeah, fantastic. We're very glad that you're here. For people who don't know, can you talk a little bit about what um, specifically that fellowship training in breast surgery means and, and how does that differentiate you and your experience? Yeah, so um, traditionally, you know, general surgeons trained um, 20, 30 years ago, they were sort of more um, multi, you know, general surgeons and they kind of... Uh, treated all organ systems. And as we move forward with advances in medicine and there's more research in every single field, people have um, started to sort of narrow down in this, their scope of treatment. And so I wanted to do um, specialize only in breast surgery. And so I spent that year sort of learning specifically how to treat breast cancer and special techniques for um, breast surgery specifically. So it was a little bit more a deep dive into um, breast care. Yeah, fantastic. And we're going to get into sort of what that means from a surgical perspective a little bit later in our conversation. We'll talk about some of those options available for patients and what you can provide. Um, let's get into a little bit, though, about who are the patients that you see? Who are the people that you're seeing on a daily basis in your practice? So I treat all types of patients. Of course, we see breast cancer patients, but we also see patients with benign disease um, and also patients that are just at high risk for breast cancer, but may not necessarily have any breast specific problems at this time. So for benign disease, we may see patients with, you know, sort of benign lumps and bumps, um, any infections or any breast pain as well. Yeah. So and again, a wide variety of patients and, and specifically um, provide options that you can treat them with and those kinds of things. So you mentioned you work closely with all kinds of patients, but also those who are diagnosed with breast cancer. So let's talk a little bit about that breast cancer journey. And, and this is obviously a difficult time for a lot of patients um, when they're going through this, but what are the options or what are the surgical options available that, that you can provide for, for patients diagnosed recently with breast cancer? Um, when patients are first diagnosed with breast cancer, I'm oftentimes the first or second doctor that they may see after the radiologist. And so we'll sort of lead a discussion in terms of surgery, but there's also their treatment is going to be multifaceted. So I'll try to give them sort of an overview at that time of, you know, what to expect going forward. In terms of surgical options, um, that is sort of dependent on each individual case. Breast cancer can come in many different shapes and sizes and act very differently depending on the patient's specific diagnosis. In general, if a cancer is caught early and it's small, we can offer a patient an option in with a lumpectomy with radiation. 
Um, that just re means removing part of the breast, the affected area with the cancer and the, with the goal of leaving a normal looking breast afterwards. Uh, all patients also have the option of mastectomy, which re means removing the entire breast with all of the breast tissue. Mm -hmm. And that can be done with or without reconstruction to depending on the patient's individual preference. Yeah. And you've already talked a little bit about sort of that collaboration and we'll get into that too, the, the multifaceted number of doctors who are sort of involved in this, in this care. We did have one question come in, which I think is appropriate to ask now. Um, we mentioned breast cancer patients, but what do you offer? What can you offer or do for, for those who are maybe more just high risk of breast cancer or have potential for that? That is a great question. Thank you. So um, patients that are coming in to see us just for high risk evaluation, um, we can offer them, you know, multiple ways in which we can help them reduce their risk of developing a breast cancer and possibly screening or catching it a little bit earlier. Uh, so we generally start with, you know, discussing additional supplemental MRI screening, if that's appropriate for the patient and their individual risk. Uh, we talk about healthy lifestyle changes including you know, limiting alcohol, maintaining a healthy BMI, not smoking. And for certain patients, we actually offer referrals to our Aurora Bay Care Medical Weight Loss Clinic, which can really help those patients um, that need a little extra support with their weight loss journey. Um, we also refer to genetics at that visit if it's appropriate. And we can also discuss um, providing a referral to medical oncology for risk-reducing medications that patients can actually take to help reduce their risk of getting breast cancer. So we're doing these visits, these high-risk visits for patients that call and come in on their own. And, you know, they just say, hey, I have a lot of um, patients, or a lot of family members with breast cancer. Um, but we're also starting a high-risk screening program at Aurora Baycare. We're starting with patients that are coming in to get their mammogram. And first, um, just to make our, our everything a little bit more manageable, we're choosing patients with a family history, running their specific risk, and then sending them letters um, and actually calling some of the patients and inviting them to come in and be seen. Um, eventually, in the next um, few months, we hope to open that up to all patients that are getting their mammograms at Baycare so that we, you know, we screen them and we know, you know, each individual patient's risk and we can determine if they need to, if they need to come in, if they'd like to come in to see us to discuss those things. Yeah, yeah, that sounds incredible. And and you just touched on it there too, that that sort of unique individualized approach to this this breast cancer care or breast care in general. So how do you determine what procedure is right for each patient as you're as you're seeing them? Uh, so it's definitely an individualized approach, like you mentioned. Um, it's sort of can depend on patient preference and what they're comfortable with, but also what their cancer diagnosis allows us to achieve. So our first goal always is to, you know, rid the patient of cancer and, you know, safely make sure that we have completely removed uh, the cancer in the breast. So if somebody comes in with a more advanced cancer that's very large relative to the size of their breast, generally those patients have less options and we have to recommend a mastectomy unless we're able to shrink it first with chemotherapy. Um, but a patient that may present at an earlier stage with a smaller cancer, um, we are giving them those options of a lumpectomy with radiation usually, or sometimes some patients may choose a mastectomy if that is what they would prefer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like just even from you talking that the patient really does have a role in, in sort of their, their own care and the decisions that they make. Can you talk a little bit about some of those considerations and maybe some of the conversations that you would have with patients as they come in? Absolutely. So, um, 
some patients come in and they have, you know, experience with friends or family members and they have an idea right when they walk in the door of what surgery they want. Um, and my job is to sort of, you know, accept that, but also help educate them and make sure that they're making the most, most informed decision that they can with the information that we have. Um, sometimes I think genetics would definitely play a role. So if they have a strong family history and we do genetic testing on them and we find out that they are positive for a gene, that may affect their decision. You know, maybe they were a lumpectomy candidate, but knowing that they have a gene that puts them at higher risk for getting breast cancer and again in the future, those patients might choose to do a double mastectomy or a bilateral mastectomy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, everyone's different. I feel like I could never usually guess when I walk in and see somebody what they're going to come in and tell me that they would like. Um, I think generally some younger women sometimes want to avoid future screening. And so those women sometimes choose bilateral mastectomies, but others say, no way, I, you know, I'd rather do the least amount of surgery that I can do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really personal preference. It sounds like are there different, and, and I think this goes without saying, but maybe elaborate it a little bit. Um, are there advantages or disadvantages of each procedure as far as recovery time or options available for reconstruction, those kinds of things? Sure. They are, you know, very different in terms of, um, I guess, what the experience that the patient goes through. A lumpectomy is an outpatient procedure. Um, they come in, they spend a couple hours with us at the hospital, they go home the same day. And generally what I hear from patients is that they have some painness and some soreness at that site for a couple of days, but by the next week, they're kind of, you know, back to normal and back to their normal daily activities. Mastectomy, on the other hand, is a bigger surgery because you are removing all of that breast tissue and it's, it's twice as uh, much surgery if you do both sides. Um, and so you are a lot more sore. And then there's a process of reconstruction if you choose to do that. So that's usually a multi-stage process. It starts at the time of the surgery for the cancer, for the mastectomy, where we actually partner with the plastic surgeons. So we find a date that works well for the patient, that works well for me, and that works well for the plastic surgeon because they come into the OR while the patient's still asleep and start the first stage of reconstruction at that time. And that's usually with a tissue expander. It kind of depends on each patient and the uh, plastic surgeon's preference, but they usually place like a, a temporary placeholder at the time of the first surgery called a tissue expander that can then be inflated and adjusted as the patient's finishing their cancer treatment. And then they can have additional surgeries once their cancer treatment is finished to tweak their final aesthetic outcome. Yeah, and I think I think that's a perfect segue because talking about that collaboration and that that sort of comprehensiveness where you're you're almost completing one portion of the surgery before you start another, those kinds of things is really important for patients and really makes a difference in their care. We had one uh, question come in. What does that comprehensive cancer care mean for patients in the program? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, comprehensive cancer care to me means. Uh, the entire treatment team that is taking care of that patient. So like I mentioned, I'm often the first person that the first doctor that the patient sees um, actually after the radiologist. But really, I always try to stress that there is a lot of communication and a lot of teamwork going on behind the scenes for each patient, even before they come into the clinic. You know, we've had multiple discussions between maybe plastic surgery, medical oncology with our nurse navigator about the patient coming in and what our initial thoughts and plans are at that time. Then I meet the patient and I try to go through all of that in, you know, some in a manner that's maybe not too overwhelming, but also so they can understand who all the players are going to be on their treatment team. 
Um, and then going forward, you we either bring them in to meet everybody at the same time or throughout the course of your treatment, you'll go on to meet the medical oncologists when appropriate, the radiation oncologist, the geneticist, our nurse navigator, who's wonderful and kind of guides the patient through this entire process so she can really coordinate between all the different groups, um, the plastic surgeon, the physical therapist. So it is definitely a, a large team of people that are taking care of each patient. Yeah. And what does that mean for the patients just anecdotally? I mean, to have all of those conversations happening around their individual case, what does that mean as far as their care and the quality of their care that they can receive? I think that it means a lot for them. It means that, you know, each decision regarding their care is, you know, something that they're having input in, but also multiple people are thinking about what is the best option for this patient and what is most appropriate. We also have weekly tumor boards where we discuss with not only our team here at Aurora Bay Care, but also physicians in all of Northeast Wisconsin. So I, I kind of like to stress that as well, because you're kind of getting multiple second opinions at once for every single, every single patient that's diagnosed. So really, you know, it ensures that nothing's getting overlooked and everything as, is as personalized and individualized to each patient as it can be. That's amazing. Um, I want to circle back and, and talk a little bit about that, that early detection piece, because a lot of times you mentioned that you're sort of the first doctor they see after they've had that screening with the radiologist. But what does it mean and, and why is it important even for you for people to come in and get that those screenings early and that kind of thing? What does that mean for you as a surgeon? Uh, it's important to me because I think, you know, I it's an easier discussion for me to have with the patient when they have us come in with a smaller cancer that was something they couldn't even feel and something that maybe was even really hard to see on mammogram, but it was picked up. Um, I have more options to give them in terms of surgery, and sometimes we can do less treatment Um with other modalities as well. So it's an, an easier discussion for me to have. Um, and also, I think, you know, is more reassuring to patients that, you know, this is very treatable. This is just going to be a project I'm going to have for the next year, um, you know, that I'm going to have to commit to. But it is, you know, I think it gives people a lot of hope and realizing that, you know, a diagnosis of breast cancer is something that's definitely curable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you had talked about it too, just the, the these procedures being done sort of in conjunction with chemotherapy and radiation and, and that continuation of care as well. But what do patients need to know in regards to your role as a surgeon? I mean, is it is it one and done for you as far as when you're done with the surgery, you move on and then other people take care of it? Or talk a little bit about how um, that differs or what may surprise people about that. Yeah, my, my role as a surgeon obviously is to perform the surgery. But as you may have noticed kind of throughout the thread of this um, talk is that we kind of serve as the quarterback of the team a lot of the time. So being the first point of contact um, with the help of our nurse navigators, we kind of help get you through the system and um, navigate you through, you know, meeting the other doctors and know what to expect. And then we do follow you very closely after your surgery as well, um, generally every six months for the first two years. And then frequently beyond that as well for however long as we can get people to come see us. We want to make sure that they're getting good clinical exams every year and that they're up to date on their mammograms. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, so, Dr. Lemon. Definitely involved beyond just the surgery. Absolutely. You know, one of the one of the primary things that, that sort of comes across for many patients is sort of that physical space too. So I want to talk a little bit about the features that you guys have in the in the health center, the breast health center at Aerobic Care Medical Center. Talk about the features, 
what that means for patients, because a lot of times that is what they see and what they notice. So can you talk a little bit about the space itself? Sure. Um, so we have a, a very nice mammography suite that is um, brand new um, and kind of tailored more to the patient in terms of their mammogram experience. Um, we're also in the process of going to, undergoing a major renovation at our breast center upstairs. So if you come in right now, um, you'll be in, our, we're, haven't moved over to our new space yet, but um, we'll be into larger rooms that facilitate sort of patient discussion better where we can have, you know, family members in the room when we have our um, ultrasound in the room, it's not as crowded. Um, there, the curtain in the room is sort of strategically placed where we can do a breast exam um, while other people in the room so that, you know, the physician and the patient, you know, we can do that exam, but we can also offer privacy for whoever may have come with the patient that day, whether it be their spouse or their neighbor or their child. So um, I think that's really important because we can um, offer them some sense of privacy while still making sure that everyone is included in the discussion. Absolutely. Great. Thank you, Dr. Lumen. I want to take a step back now and discuss a little bit more about things from a patient perspective. But before I do that, I want to, again, remind everyone um, that we're here with Dr. Natalie Lumen, a fellowship-trained breast surgeon with Aurora Baycare General and Vascular Surgery. I want to end, as I mentioned, with some more information specific to patients that are potentially going to come to the center. So let's let's go back and, and talk about the patients that you typically see. So who does breast cancer typically affect or who are the patients that would be utilizing your services? Sure. I would say typically I'm seeing um, my average patient is, is usually a female that's maybe above the age of 50, anywhere from 50 to 80. But that is, you know, my what I would call the average, but that is definitely not the only type of patients we see. We see very young patients in their 20s and 30s. Uh, we see very old patients in their 90s, and then we, we definitely see men too. I think that's something that's not talked about as often, but men can definitely get breast cancer. And I think it might not be something that's def that's in the forefront of their mind when they feel a mass in their breast. So, um, you know, I just wanted to know, let them know that we are a resource and you can come in and see us and we can work that up as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you even mentioned it a little bit before, but when, when people hear cancer diagnosis or, or they're even at high risk for cancer, a lot of times our minds race to sort of the worst possible scenario. And, and it is scary. Nobody wants to minimize that. But can, what can you tell us about surgical outcomes today and, and, and maybe offer for hope for patients who may be either of high risk or who have recently been diagnosed? Yeah, I think that, you know, what we've been talking about, all of this is about early detection. Um, so whether that's getting your annual mammogram, if you're at high risk, coming in to see us early so that we can catch things early and we can offer you the best um, treatment and the best option for a cure. Uh, sorry, what was the other part of your question? Yeah, just about surgical outcomes. So, I mean, you just mentioned that 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 early detection piece. Talk a little bit about why that's important or remind people again about why that's important and what can happen if you do wait or or have put things off. I think some people come in with that fear and like you said, that stigma, I have a breast cancer diagnosis and this is going to be it. But when you detect it early, it really is curable. I mean, I would definitely say over, you know, for early stage, over 90% curable. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's not going to involve some treatment with surgery and radiation and maybe some other medications. Um, but detecting it early can totally make a difference in terms of your outcome and what kind of treatment is going to be required. Absolutely. So I know during, I mean, COVID-19 has sort of rocked everybody's world in, in ways that nobody expected. And, and 
there were people that were maybe putting off some of these preventative type things because they were afraid of coming in and, and um, getting those mammograms done or those annual mammograms done. What would you say to someone who is sort of, or has been putting off sort of those preventative breast screenings um, either because of fears of pain or discomfort or rumors that they've heard about how painful or awful the mammogram is, that kind of stuff. Talk a little bit about that and what you would say to reassure them. Uh, in terms of people that are nervous to get their mammogram, uh, I would say at least communicate with us. So if you can call the breast center first, you can call the mammography suite. Um, and if we know, you know what your thoughts are going into it, we can figure out ways to help you. Um, sometimes I'll meet with patients first in their breast clinic to sort of discuss their risk and kind of really explain to them what the process of getting the mammogram is going to be like. And sometimes that enough is, you know, enough help to persuade them to go do it. Sometimes people need to go with their friend. You know, I've heard of women going in, you know, groups, small friend groups to get their mammogram together and then going to lunch after. Um, and also our mammography techs are wonderful and they can, you know, if they if they know that you have certain concerns or certain issues with positioning, they can do everything they, you know, are able to, to make that more comfortable with you, but also getting a good exam done. In terms of COVID, I've definitely heard um, anecdotally of people avoiding their screening mammograms and then coming in to me now with a small breast cancer because they may have skipped their mammogram last year. And we know from data across the country, too, that women um, throughout the pandemic have been less likely to go and get their mammograms. This is actually correlated to a decrease in uh, diagnosis of breast cancer, which doesn't necessarily mean that people are not getting breast cancer. It's just that we haven't detected it yet because people are not getting those mammograms. Um, and so I would just encourage people to you know, call, continue to call and schedule your mammograms. The hospital is actually a very safe place to be. We, you know, masking is required here. We have really great sanitation policies between each patient. And if, you know, things in the pandemic were to worsen, we have policies in place you know, if we need to pause mammography for a certain amount of time. But if we're offering appointments, it's safe to come in. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit too briefly about uh, about those who have recently been diagnosed. Um, talk a little bit about their options or, or what your recommendations are for them to know. So, so that's a, obviously a scary thing. They've, they've, what is your advice to them as far as um, you know what their options are and what they should know or what questions they should ask? So. If I were a patient that had just recently been diagnosed with breast cancer, um, I would seek out a fellowship trained breast surgeon. Uh, I think, like I mentioned, at some places, um, general surgeons are also doing breast cancer treatment. Um, but the thing about breast cancer and the field of breast cancer is that there have been so many advances in research that things change often. And so I think it's most important to go to a center that has, um, you know, really keeps up to date with all the most recent trials and um, interventions. Um, so I would definitely seek out a fellowship trained breast surgeon. I would seek out an um, NSADP accredited site. So that's sort of the governing body for breast cancer sites to make sure that, you know, all of their policies are in line with the, the national standards. Um, and I, th I think that if at any point you don't feel comfortable with your provider, which whoever that provider is in your care team, that you have the option to change. You know, people don't click with everybody um, and we're not offended uh, when people seek out second opinions. And sometimes that's what you need to feel more comfortable with your treatment. Yeah. And so I think the important thing that you just mentioned is that there are options available. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, at what point can they come and see you? So if they've already got the diagnosis, they've already had consultations, those kinds of things, can they come to you or your team or your colleagues at any point in the process? 
At any point in the process, we do the work on our end to get all the information we need regarding your diagnosis, and we can jump in wherever. Um, you know, even after you've been treated, if you feel like you want to follow up and do your care here, you know, we're happy to see you at any point. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Dr. Lewin? Um, I'd just like to stress that women, all women should start their annual mammogram at age 40. Um, I'm often surprised how many people come in and ask me this question. But if you're of average risk, you should start at age 40. If you're at higher risk, um, you should possibly start it even sooner. And so you should see a, a breast center and establish your risk to determine when you need to come in. Um, and if you're concerned that you may be at high risk for breast cancer, I encourage you to call our clinic as well. And we can get you an appointment to assess your personal risk and give you options for lowering that risk. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for spending some time today with us, Dr. Lumen. We really appreciate it. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Again, Dr. Natalie Lumen is a fellowship-trained breast surgeon with Aurora Bay Care General and Vascular Surgery. And to learn more or to request an appointment, go ahead and visit baycare.net. Thanks so much and have a great day.